Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. You ready to get into the word this morning? Hallelujah. It's going to be good. Praise God. Well, we've been talking about uh, vision around here for the last several weeks. Now, I've not ministered on a Sunday morning now. I guess the last two services I was out or uh, didn't minister. So we're uh, before that, we've been talking on the subject of vision and uh, just kind of getting some getting some bearing of far where is where we're going as a church. And if you're visiting with us today, it's your first time or you've not been here the whole time. Just a quick, just to kind of catch you up uh, of what we've been talking about. Uh, vision is an important thing in our life. Are y'all tired of hearing about vision? I hope you're not because it's important for us. It's important that we have this. This uh, scripture in Habakkuk chapter 2, two. this is the New King James, says, The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain, which is just distinct and clear, on tablets that he may run who reads it. So we're talking about these things to make sure that vision is very plain, very clear to us. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time to work through uh, different details of vision, what God has for us. And so we want every person, this is our heart. We want every person at Impact Family Church to not only know what the vision is, but how we fit into that vision. How that vision, how his vision for us, the heavenly vision God has for Impact Family Church, how that's supposed to function, what it's supposed to look like, not just what it is, but what do we do with it and how is God going to respond? We, it's a partnership between us and the Lord. We want every person to be clear on what that is because if you're not clear, if every person is not clear, every member of our church isn't, if there's anyone who's not clear on what the vision is, then what happens? You, you, you're not going to be able to run with purpose. You won't be able to run at all, really, or run effectively. If you don't have a purpose, you're just taking a lap. But if you have a purpose, you're running somewhere. You have a destination, something to do. We want every person to understand what it is and to be able to effectively run with the vision that God has given us as a church. Of course, we talk about God has a vision for your life personally, but that your vision, God's vision for your life personally directly ties into his vision for the, the, the group that he's called you to. He sets his, the, the members of the body, his children in local bodies for specific reasons. So our vision individually should tie into what he's called us to do collectively. And so obviously there'll be some distinct things that for you personally to do, but collectively God has a plan for us and we're going to accomplish it. Anybody with me? We're going to accomplish the vision, the plan of God for this church. Amen. You know, if the Lord tarries, we're going to step over into eternity and we're going to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Are you with me? I'm going to hear those words. I don't want to hear anything else. I don't don't want to hear any other thing. I want him to say, well done, good and faithful what? Servant. Yes, we're sons and daughters of God, but let's never forget we're serving him as well. And we're going to be serving throughout eternity. I want to start this off being good and faithful. Amen. I want to, I want to get things off on the right foot. Praise God. So that's what we're doing. We're making it really clear and really plain. And so if you're feeling like, oh, we should move on to something else, we're going to get into some other things. But this is what we're doing. This is where we're at. We want to make things really plain to us. 
We read the scripture in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision. This is out of the King James Version. So where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And we won't go into all the details. You can go back and listen to the, the different messages we've done, the services we've had on these topics. But we have the uh, the Anderson Expanded Edition that uh, my dad came up with years ago. And I added one little part to this. Uh, and you'll know what it is when you hear it. But it says where there is no vision, which remember vision is being able to see something. It's being able, having an aha moment to be able to understand clearly what God's doing, but also where you fit into it. Every person needs vision in their life. It says where there is no vision, no revelation of the plan and purpose of God. Woo, we need revelation in our lives. Amen. It says where this doesn't exist, the people break loose throw off restraint, become unbridled. Then they become demoralized, unruly, begin to run wild. They are naked, stumbling over themselves, run into door jams. You can go back and listen to uh, old messages there. When you don't have vision, you tend to run into door, door jams. And here it says, and cease doing anything productive for God. Cease doing anything productive for God. Now, when we talk about vision, why is this so important? I don't want my life to result in nothing productive for God. I, I, I don't want any part of, really, I don't want any part of my life. You have different parts of your life. Oftentimes people try to segment their life. They try to, well, I've got this part belongs, this is my church life, and this is my, this is my work life, and this is my family life, and this is my own private life my, that nobody touches, just me. I want every part of your life to be infected and influenced. Infected is a great word to come in and just take over, right? Just to take over every area of your life. The vision God has for you to begin to just infiltrate every part of your life. Why? You want every part of your life to produce something. Let me say, well, that's, I mean, every, every part of my life has got to be, everything you can do can be done with purpose and in line with God's vision for your life. Even the fun things we do can be influenced and directed by God's plan for us, the vision he has for us, and every part will produce. That's amazing. And when we don't do that, it says, pastors, uh, my dad's, you know, uh, expanded a version, the Anderson version said that, that uh, they cease doing anything productive for God. Let's not have that happen to us. But I love the Amplified goes on. It says after that, it says, but he that keeps and obeys the law of God, his divine instruction and wisdom is happy, most blessed, fortunate, and enviable. Woo, praise God. It pays to obey God. Pastor Eck talked about that God has a plan for each of us. He has a purpose. That's part of his vision for us. It pays to obey God. It'll pay, it pays as a church to be pursuing the vision God has for us. It'll pay off. I said, it'll pay off. It'll pay off. Payday always comes, doesn't it? Payday always comes. It always comes. Say, well, I try, I try. Don't, don't try it. Just do it. Payday comes. Woo, payday comes. Payday comes. Payday comes. Hallelujah. Blessed, fortunate, and enviable is the, are the ones who are running with the vision God has. Hallelujah. Woo, praise God. Y'all need to catch up with me this morning. I'm telling you, God has something for us to do. Hallelujah. And we're productive for the kingdom of God. I tell you, as we're getting a hold of this and we start running with this, we've been running for 43 years as we keep up the pace. And in fact, you know, when you get closer to the end, you should do what? 
You should speed up, right? You should get it run a little faster, right? You start running a little harder. I don't know about you, but I know when I go to the gym and I'm on the treadmill and I, I, I do an hour on the treadmill, it's terrible. And, and, you know, I'm going and, and those, if I'm, if I'm, I spend, if I'm doing time is one thing, but if I'm doing a distance, sometimes I'll do an hour, sometimes I'll have a certain number of miles I want to do. And I tell you what, when, the, when those last, the, the, the counter is coming up on the treadmill, you know, I'm getting close to my miles being done, even as tired as I am, I pick up pace a little bit. Why? Because I want this thing to be done. You know, I, 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 want, I want to move on with my life, right? But that's what, start, start running stronger, start running harder, right? Start moving towards that. I tell you, as we keep this up, I tell you, God is watching. God is, all of heaven's attention is on us. This morning, all of heaven is watching us. All those who've, who've from Impact Family Church who've moved on to glory, they're watching us this morning saying, run that race, run that race, fulfill the vision. Woo, praise God. I'm excited about it. Hallelujah. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he who keepeth the law, happy is he. So every person needs to see what God has for them. Now, we don't have a lot of time this morning. Uh, God had some other things for us to get to it. So we're going to kind of introduce what we're going to move into. But uh, this is so important, so important to us. So we had said uh, a few weeks ago, we said that um, what is he doing? He's building his church. I made the comment, God has no free range Christians. That are just out there just doing their own thing, just feeding where they want to, living where they want to. That God doesn't do that. He puts people in specific places as he sees fit. And he puts people into, into, into specific churches to do specific things. And we need to renew our minds to God's word. Amen. We need to renew our minds. God has a part for you to play, for every person to play. Where he places you, God has a part for you to play. And nobody can do it but you. Nobody can. Well, other people can fill in. But no one can really accomplish it the way God graced you to accomplish it. Amen. Sometimes, you know, we have to be faithful with where we are to be moved into those things. We're not, we don't just step right into what God has for us immediately. You have to be faithful where you are. But be faithful. God has a part for you to play. We read in Matthew chapter 16, uh, 18. I'll read this to you. And Jesus said, I say this to you, that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so we're making sure Jesus is building his church. And so we're finding our place in that church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. Amen. We talked about Ephesians chapter four, 16, uh, says from whom the whole body, not just pastors or leaders joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying, which is the building that we talked about connect. It's referring to architecture, building up of itself and loves. Every person has got a part to play. Why are you talking about that again? Because I don't want people to miss this. You know, when you hear something, we we've, my dad will tell you, we've done this all these years. You know, people hear stuff and hear a message and, and you move on and people just say, okay, that was something the pastor was talking about for a little while and, and now we'll move on to something else. Maybe get into something I like a little bit better. All of God's word is good. It comes down to making a decision to just simply be a doer of what God said. God has a place for you. God has a part for you. You know, the statistics are in churches, 80% or 20% do 80% of the work. And, and we're at a better, we're at a better statistical range here at Impact Family Church than most, than, than the statistical average, but we can do better. And we're not trying to condemn anybody or make anybody feel bad. Listen, God has something for you to do, a place to, to fulfill, a role to fulfill. So find that and it'll be a blessing to you. So what is the vision of Impact Family Church? What is our vision? Anybody know the scripture? Acts 26, 16 through 18, we'll put it up. This is uh, the New King James. 
Uh, of course, this is after uh, uh, the Lord had appeared to the Apostle Paul, Saul at the time on the road to Damascus. In verse 16, he said, But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness of both, of both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. And let's just stop for a second. This is our vision. And you know, the church is not just a building. Or an address on Google Maps. It's, that's, it's more than that. It's made up of individual people. Us as a church. He has appeared to you and to me for this purpose. To make you and me a minister and a witness. Both of the things which we've seen. And the things he will yet reveal to us. Woo, hallelujah. Each of us are called to be a minister and a witness of these things. Doesn't mean necessarily five-fold ministry. But a minister and a witness. You have a ministry, you have a witness, right? The things we've seen and the things he'll yet reveal. We'll get to more things God has for it if we'll be faithful to the things we've already seen. If we'll be faithful, that we'll never grow past those things, but God will give us more as we continue to show ourselves faithful to what we already know. He said, I'll deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. We don't have to worry about the times we're living in. Verse 18, it says, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance amongst those who are sanctified by faith in me. That's the vision of Impact Family Church. Those are the scriptures the Lord spoke to my dad years ago. And it's still the vision what God has for us today. He's st- we're still accomplishing that yeah. vision. And so like I said, we've been talking about these things now for several weeks. Now we want to make a little bit of a shift. And we're going to get into some specifics. Uh, specific details about what that looks like, what we're doing. And it'll help kind of shape where we go and how we do things and how we move forward. It's always good for us to see these things. Like I said, I don't have a, a lot of time this morning, but but um, uh, over the next few weeks, we'll get into some of these things. And before the, the transition happened, before Pastor Amy and I assumed uh, the, the leadership here at the church, I started a series about what stirs you. Who remembers that? I, I did a message on what stirs you and and, and then I talked about stirred and not shaken. And so really, uh, in this, it was kind of getting a little bit of ahead of it, a little, uh, ourselves a little bit, but that's all right. We're going to talk about things that stir us at a, as a church. It's just another way of saying this is our vision. We're the things that are, that we're, we've been called to do, we've been called to uphold and to accomplish. And so we started this topic of what stirs you and just really, uh, stirring ourselves or being stirred up means to wake from sleep, to arouse, to be act, to activate the mind and understanding. So we need to be active in, in our understanding of things and our approach. We need not just be lazy in our walk, but be purposeful in what we do. And this idea of being stirred up is something that the Bible talks about often. You know, Paul uh, told Peter or, or, or Timothy to stir up the gift of God that was on the inside. We need to stir these things up in us. Now, some of the things we're going to talk about are things we know. Because we're ministers and witnesses of the things we've seen and the things he'll yet reveal to us. And so these are, and we've been taught so well. All these years we've been taught so well. And so things that we've seen, we need to make sure we're strong in these things, but they're real to us. Truth that's not real to you. What does it mean? That's not active in your attention and in your focus. If it's not real to you, then you can't walk in it. Right? Right. If you're not aware of something and living aware of it, it doesn't do you any good. So we need to stir ourselves up some, in some different areas. And it's important that uh, uh, one of the traps that the enemy has for us is to just 
be lazy in how we approach these things. Take things for granted, not be alert, not be watchful. And I talked about the limpy gimpy deer, you know, that, that I was watching online and uh, watching videos about limpy gimpy. And he was very careful. He was paying attention to all the, 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 the deer feeder and the corn feeders. He was watching where other deers were not paying attention. Limpy gimpy was being very aware. If we're not aware, the enemy can sidetrack us. Right. He can set traps for us. Yeah. As a deer hunter, an old deer is a smart deer. Where, well, a, a, an old, mature, let's say mature, not old. A, a mature, well-developed believer is an aware believer. A believer that's immature and easily tricked and manipulated and pushed around, they're, they're not living aware of what God has for them. They're just not doing it. But if we'll live aware, then we'll grow and we'll be safe in these things. So we're going to talk about some fundamentals that, um, that, are, that God is calling us to. We're going to be stirred up in these different areas. So what I want to talk about this morning is stirred by God's word. Stirred by God's word. And uh, you could take so much time talking about the value and the importance of God's word. We could spend weeks on it, but we're not going to do that. But we could do it. God's word is so important to us and so vital, but we need to be stirred up by these things. God has called us as Impact Family Church to be a church of God's word. I remember the old days, you know, we would, we would advertise Impact or Faith Christian Fellowship back in the day, a word church. We were a word church. And what was that? It was us making it very clear that we're, we're people that we exalt and we're magnifying and we're drawing attention to the importance of God's word. Well, that hasn't changed. Say, so, well, we've got, we've got new pastors, you know, has it changed? No, it has not changed. God's word is so vital to every part of our life. And it is the foundation of, of our lives. Also, the foundation of this local church is the word of God. It is what we build our life upon. It is the, the, the foundation of everything that we do. He said to rise and stand on your feet. This is something we need to rise and stand on is on the value. Our value as individuals, our value of the word of God. You know, the early church focused on God's word. If you look in Acts chapter 2 in the, in the 42nd verse, uh, this was the description after the day of Pentecost. You know, Peter got up and preached and, and uh, all these people got born again. The church added 3,000 people that day and, and revival had broke out in Jerusalem. This, this church that Jesus said he was going to build, the Holy Spirit came and now the building process started. You know, the, the director, the foreman of the building showed up and, and the one who's calling the shots. And so the church started to grow. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. It said they continued steadfastly. They continued steadfastly. In what? In doctrine, the apostles' doctrine, and in fellowship. They continued steadfastly. And it's interesting, one Greek scholar said, that word continued steadfastly. If you think... You might think, well, it means they, they went to church a lot or they, they went every Sunday morning to church or, you know, they showed up every Wednesday night. It, it wasn't just something that was a part of their life. This, this, uh, this continued steadfastly said it carries the, addi- the idea of an addiction. It says it, it carried the idea of an addiction. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Is the word of God in your life, is it like an addiction to you? Say, well, you know, it is, you know, I like the word of God. I get what you're talking about, but it's, you know, it doesn't do a lot for me. It's not really working. There's a difference. Are you just going to it to, to, to try to get something every now and then? Or, or maybe you only hear only God's word matters on a Sunday morning, or is it something you got to have every single day? 
See, how you approach it, God, God doesn't just give out things just to give them out. You have to approach in faith. You can approach a message and a service just to mark it off the list and you'll get nothing more than a check mark. But if you show up hungry and wanting God to speak into your life, he will. The same is true with his word. God's word, if you just open it and read it like it's the reader's digest, it's not going to do you much. But if you approach it with a standpoint, I got to have it. I got to have it. I got to have it. See, that approach will carry you through even when it's not convenient, when it, when it, when it's not readily just, just, just kind of just forced on you. When you're addicted to it, you make, you make room and you make time for it. You make it a priority. The early church, it says they continued steadfast. It means they were addicted to the apostles doctrine. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, maybe you go through a period where you've just been a little lazy in reading the scriptures. And yet, then you make a decision. You know what? I'm going to, I know this is valuable. I know this is important. I'm going to put the spending, spending in time of God's word as a priority in my life. And you begin to not just read it out of duty, but you say, Holy Spirit, I want you to help me. God, help me see what I need to see. And you start reading and, and, and you're like, oh, that was really good. And I was just going to read a few verses, but I kind of like that. I, I, I need another hit. And so, and so I'm going to, I'm going to read a little bit more. And they're like, oh, that was, that was pretty good. You know, I know I, I could have gone, I, I had an opportunity to go do this, but really it's not that important. I can, I'll, I'll put that off for about 20 minutes. Let me, let me, let me take another hit and let me, let me read a little bit more. And like, oh, that was really good. I got, I got to, I got to go back and read that one again. You may know what I'm talking about. And suddenly the things that were controlling your time and were so important, you start realizing there, those things aren't going to change me. There's something here. That addiction begins to grow in your life. Now you can hear somebody talk about it, but until you experience it for yourself, you just won't understand. Give God's word first place in your life. Give him an opportunity to make it real to you. It needs to be an addiction in our life. So it carries the addiction or the idea of addiction. If the early believers were addicted to the apostles' teaching, we can be addicted to it as well today. We have to make sure we give every effort to hear it and every opportunity. So make it a, a, a priority in our life. Then in Acts chapter 20, we'll look at verse 7. It says, on the, now on the first day of the week, this is Acts 20 verse 7. Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Now we've read this before and people are like, oh. I don't know if I like that one. Continue till midnight. You know, last Sunday, uh, there's a, there's a, there was a small country church just down the road to, from us, uh, from the house in Bland, Bland, Virginia, which is a, a terrible name, name of town Bland. But anyway, it's a, it's a vibrant location. But anyway, uh, there was a town, uh, a church nearby that we used to go to. And remember winter retreats sometimes passed. We used their church. Of those who went, uh, we would use their property. And so that church has now been turned into somebody's house. Somebody's living there. It shut down. And, and, um, but there's another church down the road. So I went to that. A little community church there in Bland, great pastor, and, and uh, had a great time, great church, uh, great congregation. But as I was sitting there, I was, I was watching, just kind of just taking in the service and being ministered to. And uh, the couple sitting in front of me suddenly got real agitated. Started getting real agitated and started fidgeting around. And, and the husband checked his watch. And so I didn't realize what time it was. So he checked his watch. I looked at my watch. It was 12 o'clock on the nose. He got real fidgety, 
got real, just got real uncomfortable. He started moving his head and he leaned forward in a seat, you know, and you know that, you know, there's a leaning forward that, that means I'm, I'm interested. And there's also leaning forward means if you don't stop talking, I'm gonna hurt you. Right. I mean, so he's, he's leaning forward in his seat and he's all, he's fidgeting and his wife, she's kind of embarrassed. He was being very visible in his lack of appreciation of the fact that it went to 1201. He didn't like that. And, and, you know, we've all probably been there at different times in our life. Let's be honest, haven't we? We're like, I got something I got to do. And I, I, I wish that God shut up, you know, and not me, obviously ever, but you know, we probably have had those moments, but see Paul or Peter or Paul here was preaching and he preached until midnight. Now well, I'm not condoning with saying we're just going to start having long services to have long services. But the, the thing is they were addicted to what the, what was being ministered, what was being spoken. He continued to minister. In fact, you know, one guy fell out of the window. He preached so long, fell out of the window and hit the ground, dropped dead. He fell asleep. How many of you like to have that happen in service? You know, it's not a, it's not a rough, a rough ending to a service. What happened? Paul goes down and pray for him, raise him from the dead. And then he continued teaching until morning, right? What's the whole point? Why is that in there? It was a priority to the early church. The growth that they experienced personally and the growth they experienced numerically was, a t- was tied to the, this addictive nature of God's word. And they allowed that to operate in their life. Got to become addicted, consumed with God's word. You have to. And it's a choice that you make. You can be addicted to whatever you want to be addicted to. In fact, the reality is the devil takes what God does and twists it. The fact that you can be addicted to something bad means you can be addicted to God's word. You can be addicted to him. Because the devil doesn't create. He just manipulates and twists things. God's word is our foundation. The early church was consumed with the word of God. It was something that they put as a high priority in their life. Well, why, we, why is this such an emphasis? Why is this such a, such a thing? Such an important thing. Ecclesiastes chapter 8. We're looking at verse 4. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 4. We're going to look at the first part of the verse. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 4. It says, where the word of a king is, there is power. Why, why, do we, why are we so consumed with God's word? Why do you need to be so consumed with God's word? Where the word of a king is, there is power. You know, there's no higher king than our King Jesus. And where his word is, there's power for you. That means whatever your situation is, God has something there for you. And not just something to tell you to help you get by, but power to overcome it. You'll find it in God's word. It is the word of the king. It says, where the word of the king is, there is power. The Amplified says, for the word of a king is authority and power. So why do we make the, word, the preaching of God's word and the teaching of God's word so important and such a priority all those years ago? Because that's that the Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. How? Because there's power behind and involved in the word of God. And I know this is exciting. Some are like, I don't know if I like this or not. Your answer is sitting on your shelf. Listen, if the only time you hear God's word is when you come to church, that's not enough. It needs to be a priority in your life. We're always going to promote what God said. That's who we are. Let's look at another verse in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. You all know this. Hebrews 4, verse 12. Powerful verse. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful. 
The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I tell you, the word of God has an ability in our life like nothing else to locate right where we are, to cut straight to the quick and to, to analyze and to expose exactly where, we're, where we are. The Amplified says, for the word of God, the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. What does it mean to be powerful? It means making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of, of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of the joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and, and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Well, how many think that, that, that this life is kind of important? How many think that the decisions we make in this life is important? Now, most of us here, I trust, you know, we, we have made Jesus the Lord of our life and we, we, we want what God has to provide. And we realize that life is short and we pray at the beginning of our service, you know, help us to live our life with purpose. It's something to me that's, that's important. I want to live my life well. Why? Because I realize that this life is important. That this is a vital time. I only get to do this once. I don't, I don't get to do this again. This is my only opportunity. Well, if, if, if that's true, don't you think it's important that I have something that is powerful, energizing, effective, that can help me help expose and sift and analyze and judge every thought and purpose of the heart? You're not going to find that anywhere else. You're not going to find it on YouTube. You're not going to find it on Xbox. You're not going to find it on anywhere else. You're not going to find it at, in, in what everybody else says. You're going to find it in God's word. In fact, you're not, you're not going to even find it from your pastor. Now, we're going to preach the word of God, but ultimately your life doesn't need to be based on what I say. Your life, your first pursuit must be based on what does he say? What does God say? Well, how do you know what, how do you know what God's saying? You have his word. You have the scriptures, you have divinely inspired scriptures that, that God himself wrote for you, had men inspired by his spirit to write just for you. One minister said something effective, you don't know what God is saying. If you're in the middle of a, of a situation and you don't know what he's saying, go back to what he said. You have his word. You have his word. Impact Family Church, we will always put a priority on the word of God. We'll always put a pride in it because why? This is our foundation. This is our foundation. As a church, I'm telling you, as the leaders of the church, this is our foundation. And if you want to be grounded, then you'll make it your foundation. Because the purpose God has for you, the plan he has for you, the call on your life is directly tied to the calling on where he called you to. And so this is what God has called us to. We're, we are not, we are not going to be a social issue church. Now, does the word of God touch social issues? Yes, it does. But notice Jesus didn't go around talking about the issues of the day. 
He preached the word and the word addressed the issues of the day, but he preached God's word. He preached what he, he quoted the, the prophets and he, he quoted what scriptures were. Why? He was speaking the word of God. Listen, if they don't, we'll make it our priority. It'll sift, it'll analyze, it'll instruct, it'll guide us through all of the nonsense. You do realize the issues of the day were the issues of yesterday. And then another issue came up and it became the kind of the focus for a little while. And then that faded out. And then another one showed up and then that faded out. And then other things, it's it's just a circle. The devil doesn't have anything new. It's the same lies over and over and over again. If we get consumed with the lie and getting worked up, let me say it this way. We need to address the lies, but not out of a sense of that's just wrong. What does God's word say? That's our answer. And so we're never going to be a church that we get up and just have messages that just we're, we're addressing things. We're, we're going to follow what God has us to do, what he would lead us to say. But how are we going to We're going to use the scriptures. Your opinion's great. My opinions are great. The only one that matters is his opinion. The only thing that can bring life to a situation and set somebody free is the truth. Knowing what I think doesn't matter. What does God say? That's what will set you free if you'll accept it. And so as a church, we're going to make sure that we're presenting that and we're holding that first and foremost above everything else. We have some other scriptures we'll look at, but, but remember the, and, and Paul told Timothy, be ready in season and out. He said to preach, rebuke, exhort. He said, be ready in season and out. That in season means whenever it's easy, when it's convenient, when it's popular, be ready in season. How about out of season? Out of season means when it's not easy. When it's not convenient, when it's not culturally acceptable, right? When it's not PC, right? The truth doesn't change whether it's PC or not PC. The truth is the truth. And he said, be ready, preach the word, preach the word, preach the word in season and out of season. And so that's what we have to do. Now there are things, there are ways that we do it. We speak the truth in love and we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll speak the truth in love, but love doesn't mean not say the truth. Love doesn't mean don't say the truth. Love actually means tell the truth. We got to go, but tell you a quick story. I watched a video several years ago. Who's ever hit, heard of Penn and Teller? The, the, the magician's Penn and Teller. Uh, Penn is the, the real tall guy, right? He's, he's the, is he? I forget. Penn and Teller. One is the, one's a tall guy, one's kind of a short guy. So, uh, or not as tall guy, not short guy. But anyway, uh, you have a, the two guys. And so, one over the tall guy is the one that vo- is very vocal. He talks. The other guy never says a word. He, he's kind of, is, is it Penn? Yeah, yeah. So Penn doesn't say a word. Teller speaks. Well, he was just, uh, uh, just, just talking, just kind of, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a devout atheist. He, he, he says he's a devout atheist. And he said, you know, he was just talking. He said, listen, I appreciate people can believe what they want to believe. And I, I, I respect that. And, you know, we have to respect people's right to believe what they want to believe. I, I, I can't take it personally if they choose not to believe God that, or believe what the Bible says. They can believe what they want, just like you can. He said, he said you know, I'm a, I'm a devout atheist. He said, but he said, you know, if, if he said, I go through life and somebody has showed up to one of his shows and, and, and left him, I think gave him a Bible or gave him a book with a little note in it and, and didn't, didn't try to, to tell him all the things he was doing wrong in his life, just simply shared the gospel with him and handed it to him. And he said, you know what? He said, all of these years I've been doing this, he said, this has happened so few times that someone has actually come in and actually just told me what they believe. What we would say, shared the truth with them. 
He said, if they really believed it, if they really loved me like they said they loved me, if, they, if Christians love everybody as much as they say they do, and if people really love me the way they say they do, they would share the gospel with. They would tell me what they believe to be true. And he said, the fact that they don't tell me means that either they don't love me or they don't really believe it, right? One of the two, either they don't really love me or they don't really believe it. You know, we live in a time now where there's a lot of stuff that's going on and people want to avoid different issues and avoid different proclaiming what the scriptures say. And they think, well, we can't, we can't address that because, you know, that, that'll offend somebody. If we love people, we'll tell them the truth. I said, if we love people, we'll tell them the truth, but do it in love. We'll tell people the truth. This will be a place, has been, always will be, a church, a body, a congregation where God's word is put first. And where we love people enough to tell them the truth. When it's easy, when it's not easy. Right? When it's convenient, when it's not convenient. Because that's who God's called us to be. I tell you what, if we'll do that, God will bless it. If we'll be open to it, our lives will be changed, we'll be affected by it, we'll be blessed by it, but then also God will be able to use us to preach the truth, proclaim the truth, and help this generation. Amen? At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.